Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. Hello, Fantasy Affarians, and welcome to the newest edition of the Fantasy Affair family, Mistress or Marriage. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit of weather to fulfill your immediate desires, uh, or if you should hold out for marriage and ride that baby off into the sunset. Welcome. You're here with a couple Navy boys, uh, myself, Brad Stickler, my partner in crime, uh, sea brother of sorts, we'll call uh, both Navy fellas, uh, Frenchman, Frenchy, Andy Jakes. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing? It's good to be on. Yeah, good for sure. What'd you do this weekend? Uh, I went up to my wife's uh, dad's house. Uh, it was his birthday. Um, I burned the shit out of some. I probably shouldn't have cursed there. I burned, uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to watch my language, uh, burned the bejeebus out of a, uh, some bacon wrapped shrimp and that's his favorite. So made a good impression on my new father-in-law. So that was, uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. Did. But, but you are making it sound like he hasn't been your father-in-law for many years. It was all a formality at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. Right? We're about, so. we're about 10 years into that relationship. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you burned that bridge a long time ago, not, oh, not yeah, this weekend. For, <laughs> he, he thinks what he thinks. So let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you get to watch football? Nah, man, I, uh, we had to drive back down to Pittsburgh. Uh, so we put it on the radio and, uh, I think, you know, I think my wife watched the uh, Steelers game, but I didn't get to see it because I was driving. Nice, How about you? Nice. What did you do? Uh, yeah, I sat around here, uh, watched football most of the morning Sunday, got to watch all the early games, and then uh, the family wanted to do some family movie afternoons, so I got to watch uh, Home Alone uh, and Marvin Harry get the crap kicked out of them, which is always a blast. My four-year-old belly laughs more during that movie than he does anything else, so that's well, always course, fun. Of course, of course uh but uh yeah so uh it was good win for my brownies so i'll i'll take it i'll take it um i, I did uh, you know we were recording our pod on monday you'd call that a good win for them hey a win is a win <laughs> a win is a win the, they right, have the same right. record as the ravens so that's i'll true. take it right you gotta t- you gotta no. take what you can get right that's Beggars exactly can't be right choosers. that's yeah. exactly <laughs> right but uh yeah, I got to, you know, we were recording that pot on Monday and uh, got to watch Nick Foles completely destroy my my dreams. Uh, okay, I'm, I was in the playoff hunt uh, and uh, I was in a situation where I had to start him as dirty as it felt. Went into Monday night five points down. So I'm thinking, dude, I got this, right? Uh, I, I am good. And then he gets hurt in the fourth quarter. And only has like two points. I was like, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. He crushed my dreams pretty much, you know, unless I went out the next uh, three weeks, I, there's, there's, uh, and a couple other things need to happen. It's, it's not looking good for me right now. So I mean, you can't, you can't blame the Super Bowl champ, right? You got to blame, you got nagged. That's what it was. Uh, uh, oh, uh, no, no, I'm blaming <laughs> Nick Foles. Yeah, it is. It is definitely Nick Foles. Yeah. Uh, but you can't you can't take everything off the organization. That's for sure. So yeah. um, did you get a chance to listen to the pod? Uh, the the new edition, uh, Maddie and uh, Sammy G's uh, hot by happy hour. I did. Hot by hot by. It was pretty good. Yeah. No, I, uh, I like hearing the new opinions. And uh, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. 
what what was your take on on the Taysom Jameis? So I have, I'd say, mixed feelings on Jameis. Uh, I don't know that he's a perfect fit for the New Orleans offense. They seem to be, you know, with the Drew Brees era, um, he throws short, accurate passes, uh, make sure he has that, you know, 75 or whatever percent completion rate. Um, I don't know that Jameis is a great fit for that. He's more of a gunslinger, Brett Favre type, uh, a little more careless with the ball. And I wonder if Sean Payton, uh, you know, doesn't dock him points for that, basically. So I'm a little worried that we're going to see more Taysom Hill than I can stomach because um, I don't think he's a quarterback. But uh... yeah, that's I mean, that's that's what they uh, kind of talked about a little bit also is, you know, you'll see a little bit more Taysom, but we ex- still expect kind of Jameis to be the guy. So yeah, it might be like uh, an 80, 80, 20 split or something like that. Yeah, right. So yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I've always liked to watch Jameis because he's exciting. So yeah. I'm excited to see him with a good core receivers again. Uh, and and really just a coach who knows how to use his strengths. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of Sean Payton changing some things up maybe a little bit because he knows Jameis is a different kind of quarterback. So we'll yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if we get to see the uh, slant king run anything besides the slant, you know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm going to move on from from the Michael <laughs> Thomas dig already. So. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about our show. Uh, kind of what we're here to do is. You know, it's that point in time in the year where you're looking at, do I want to make that playoff run? Do I want to go for a championship? Uh, or do I want to start to look at next year or the year, uh, the year after that? Do I want to start a rebuild? Uh, so uh, we want to help set you, set you up for success. Uh, we're primarily going to kind of do this in a uh, – we're going to look at two players, and then we're going to name one of those players as a mistress, uh, i.e. we want that individual uh, to help us try to win a ship this year uh, or the near future, or we're going to call them uh, our marriage candidate where you want to marry them for the long term in a hopes to get you in a championship in the future. Um, after that, we're going to look at maybe some interesting trades or some rapid fire, something like that. We'll kind of see how the time takes us. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's get into it. All right, everybody, let's get into the quarterback position. Andy, give us a couple names to think about and whether you recommend uh, them for a championship or rebuild. This being the first episode, I'd like to mention that we're not mentioning the studs, right? So we're not talking about the Mahomes or the Russell Wilsons. We're talking about more controversial or mixed bag quarterbacks and players in general here, right? So the two names I want to bring up today are Jared Goff and Derek Carr. Jared Goff has fantasy finishes since his rookie year of number 12, 6, 13, and in 2020, his current rank is 19th. The Rams seem to have shifted more to a run-heavy scheme. Sean McVay is a pretty inventive mind, uh, so he is able to put together an offensive scheme that works for the players that are healthy at the time. If we find that the run game starts to fail the Rams, He's more than capable of reverting to, you know, the more pass heavy offense. Uh, he's got two great tight ends, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. He's got stud wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I'm not worried about Goff overall in fantasy. Derek Carr uh, is almost 29 years old and he's a better athlete than you'd expect. And he's been efficient. People are talking about this as being a great year for him. That said, he's only the QB 21 this year. 
He has QB fantasy finishes of 20, 14, 12, 19, 20, 17. And like I said, this year, 21. I like playing him this year. He was kind of an embattled candidate coming into the year. If you remember, they were talking about how him and Gruden were having kind of a falling out. Uh, they brought in Marcus Mariota to challenge him for that quarterback position. He seems to have solidified himself somewhat, but those concerns haven't died off entirely. At the end of the season, we might see more talk and chatter. You know, when the uh, Raiders don't exceed expectations, you might hear a little bit more about. Uh, how they're going to move on or draft somebody or sign a free agent. You know, there's quite a few free agents that they'd have the, uh, the option of getting their hands on. So uh, of the two of them, I pick Carr as my mistress candidate. Uh, I would like to use him this year and then sell him at a premium. Uh, and then for Jared Goff, he's more the marriage quality. He is a consistent low end QB one, high end QB two on an extremely young coach offense, uh, offensive mind. And you expect those two to be a duo for years to come. So of those two, that's my, that's my pick. What's your take, Brad? Yeah, just to real quick. I think, I, I really think they're kind of the same quarterback and a lot of people are probably going to choke me for that. But if you look at money throws, interceptable passes, touchdown rates, pressured completion, catchable pass rates, they're all the same. Uh, really, really close. Derek Carr has a better passer rating. He's got better completion percentages. Their yards per attempt are the same. So I look at it from a scheduling perspective. Who can I get cheaper to use in the future? To me, that's Derek Carr. You get him for pennies on the dollar. Jared Goff, the name, his prior performances, he might cost you a little bit more to get. So to me, Jared Goff is that guy that can help you this year, especially when you look at our playoff schedule Uh, You're going to be looking at New England, the New York Jets, the Seattle Seahawks, whereas Derek Carr is playing the Chargers, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Miami Dolphins, who, whether you want to believe me or not, their defense is lights out right now. Uh, The last couple weeks, it's been money. So so I I think I'm a little flip-flop on you. I'd rather marry Carr for the future because it's cheaper to get him, and you're going to get fairly similar performance. Uh, And then with Jared Goff, that's that guy I want to try to try to use right now to win. So awesome. Thanks. Good deal. Uh, So let's move over to the running back position. I got a couple names here. We're going to talk about James Robinson, everybody's darling rookie of the year uh, for now. And then Kareem Hunt. James Robinson's tough. The first week he came out like 3.8 yards per carry. I said, he's just Peyton Barber to me. You go back and listen to that. I, I still think I kind of stand to that. He was an undrafted rookie. Uh, it's currently the RB4. He, the big difference for him, I compare him to David Montgomery. His skill set's very similar. He's a little more explosive, but he has what we had hoped David Montgomery would have had last year, and that's that opportunity. Uh, we were hoping that David Montgomery would get that, and James Robinson has gotten that. I would argue to say by a little bit of luck, right? He got... Raquel Armstead injured. They traded away Leonard Fournette. Uh, Zigbo got hurt. So he got thrust into that position with literally no challenge. And anybody who tries to tell you that Chris Thompson is a challenge is they just don't watch football. Uh, and he's, he's getting some work, don't get me wrong, but it's not enough work to make James Robinson irrelevant. He's just getting work. He's averaging about a little over four yards of carry. He gives you a really good floor. 
But to me, he's going to end up in the long term being a complimentary back. And that's why I have him as my mistress. He's somebody you can use right now to take you to a championship because most likely if you have him, he was dirt cheap. I've got him in a work league. I picked him up off the waiver wire the week before the season started. Luckily for me, with CMC getting hurt, it's carried me to second place right now in that league, right? So that's the kind of use you can get out of James Robinson. I do expect him to still be relevant next year, but not anywhere near the relevance that he has right now. Let's take a look at Kareem Hunt, my marriage candidate. He signed a two-year deal with Cleveland in the offseason. During weeks one through three, he had Nick Chubb. He was splitting carries with Nick Chubb, and he was still an RB1. He was RB12. You can't, you have no argument saying, well, Nick Chubb's back. He's not worth it because he was a damn good start this week with Nick Chubb coming back and Chubb had 120 some odd yards. So it, it, that goes away. He actually performed better with Chubb than he did without Nick Chubb. And that's going to help him moving into the future. He is a bulletproof start regardless of game script. If they're winning, he's going to get carries. If they're losing, he is the receiving back. Nick Chubb has gotten very little receiving work this year. So that's where I'm at with Kareem Hunt, James Robinson. Andy, give me a little bit. You're muted, bud. I came into this off the show sheet uh, aligned with your take where James Robinson's the mistress, Kareem Hunt's the Mary. And I think I'm still sticking to that, but I took a look at their upcoming schedules. Kareem Hunt, over the next five weeks, he plays Philly, then Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, and then the Giants. And week 16 against the Jets. That is a money playoff schedule. You look at James Robinson, and it gets a little bit tougher. He's got Pittsburgh, then Cleveland, then Minnesota and Tennessee. Then he finishes up with Baltimore and Chicago. If we're talking dynasty rebuilds here, it it pains me to say it, but I think probably selling Kareem Hunt at this point, he's probably not going to gain a lot more value moving forward. Um, and I feel like you could get a pretty hefty haul for him right now. Now you talked about James Robinson's uh, cost and you got him for dirt cheap, he probably won't recede to less value than you got him for in the near future. I'd probably marry James Robinson. Uh, Jacksonville shouldn't spend a high draft capital on a running back next year. James Robinson has been a stud in both a rush, rushing and passing game. He's gotten quite a bit of work. Um, I, I just see him continuing that role throughout this year, certainly, and then very possibly into the next. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah, I'm it's saying one of those volatile situations, no, really, nobody really knows what's going to happen. So, right. Uh, yeah. So that's good. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. So, so let's wrap up running backs. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. There's a ton of talent out there and I know you love a lot of these guys, Andy. So, so give us a couple names uh, and whether or not they are mistress or marriage candidates for you. A few wide receivers to talk about. We have Justin Jefferson and Deontay Johnson. Now, Justin Jefferson came out of LSU off a championship team. He was drafted in the first round. He had some camp reports that he wasn't adjusting to the NFL quite as well. And then he exploded onto the scene. 
Justin Jefferson has the pedigree. He's got the draft capital. He's got the measurables. He's explosive. He's young. He's got great hands. He's tall. He's on a team that doesn't pass the ball very often, but we've seen in the past that they can sustain with a hefty running game, solid wide receiver one and wide receiver two with the Thielen and Diggs combo. Justin Jefferson looks to through, you know, in between the twenties have taken over as the number one role. He's got more targets than Thielen over the last five weeks. Um, He looks every bit the stud that everybody hoped he would be. He's a bit hit or miss kind of digs ish. Um, but he has outperformed and overperformed every expectation I had coming into the season. Uh, Deontay Johnson, on the other hand, is also an excellent receiver. He is on Pittsburgh. He's the number one guy Ben looks to. Uh, he, you know, I think he's gotten upwards of 13 targets in some games. He has multiple touchdowns. He's been banged up a couple times this year in and out of the lineup. I love the Antage. I love both these guys. So it's tough for me here, uh, but I wouldn't want a mistress. That's not attractive. Right. So, or, or a wife. So, <laughs> uh, so of the two, I'm marrying Justin Jefferson. He's only, you know, he's, he's a rookie, but it seems like his ceiling is pretty unlimited, especially if they move on from this run heavy scheme at any point, he's going to have a, a, a storied career. I think, I don't know what can drag him down. Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh has an aging quarterback. Uh, Big Ben is, I think, 38 this year. He's already threatened retirement like two different years. Uh, And he is a huge key in that offense. We saw last year what happened when Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, and granted, those aren't starting caliber quarterbacks, so I don't want to hang him on that. But um, without a suitable replacement and a solid transition from Big Ben, I think you're in for some rough years in Pittsburgh in terms of the passing game. Uh, they might have to rely on that defense for a few more years and that's okay. Cause it's solid, but it might get ugly there on offense for a little while. Uh, so yeah, of the for... two, Oh, go ahead. What's no, up? no, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say of the two Deontay Johnson is my mistress. I think he's great this year. He's going to potentially take you for the ship. He's consistent in PPR formats. He scores very, very well. Um, and at the end of the year, you're going to be able to sell him pretty well for you know future picks or package him for a different stud justin jefferson i don't think there's a price that i could really sell him for that i'm willing to take um yeah it's i I tell you i looked at some recent dynasty trades for justin jefferson and some of them are absolutely ridiculous i mean he's like dk Uh, metcalf right now yeah it is nuts i saw somebody trade away joe mixon for justin jefferson straight up Aaron yep. Jones for Justin Jefferson straight up. I saw someone give, and I am not making this up. Go look it up. DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, and a 21 <laughs> first for Justin Jefferson. That's disgusting. You have got to be kidding me. Sell that dude. If you're getting that kind of value, sell him. Because a year later, you could trade DJ Moore for Justin Jefferson straight up, and you just gain players and picks. Yeah, DJ Moore. So, Ugh. yeah, you can't. Oh, yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> well, that's a that's a whole different segment for you and I for sure, <laughs> DJ Moore. But it's it, the value's so crazy high that you have to sell him right now. And <sighs> the what you're getting out of Deontay Johnson, it 
it's volatile. It's a volatile situation. It's tough to kind of know what's going to happen in the in the future. So playing him this year, knowing he's getting those double di- close to double digit targets on average a game, he's going to give you a solid floor at a minimum every game. So yeah, good, nice job. So I do want to jump to a couple. Well, hold more on, rece- before we move on, who's your mistress and who's your marriage? Oh, I, I'm I'm the same as you. Deontay Johnson to me is the mistress. I want to play him this year. And if I've got Justin Jefferson, I'm marrying him. But you just told but, us to sell him. I you should. I, I think <laughs> you can't go wrong in this situation. But his value is so much different than another player that we're getting ready to talk about that you can go get for cheaper in the future. And he's putting up very similar numbers uh for the future yeah i look at the wide receiver position and i think you know the purpose of this segment right is hey go win a ship or you're in rebuild and wide receivers should be the cornerstone of a rebuild because they have such long shelf lives right so you know we talk about this segment of the two you know i i can't see selling justin jefferson and feeling that great about it he could be anything you know he could be a wide receiver one for the next eight years and you'd be selling them for guys that are a little bit older or a little bit more flaky. And it's, you ever watch a family guy? No, I've stayed away from it. I'm I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, no, but uh, (laughs) there's a funny episode where Peter and uh, Lois are sitting in this office and they sat through like uh, one of those presentations where a guy tries to sell you rental properties or whatever those timeshares are, you know? Yep. And uh, uh, they sat through it and they decided ahead of time, they're not going to buy it. And at the end, um, the guy offers them, he's, you know, the, the deal was you sit through these things and you can get a boat. Right. And so they're sitting in front of this guy and the guy says, you know, so what's it going to be? You can have this boat over here, or you can have what's in this mystery box. And he shakes his box in front of Peter. And Lois is like, don't be an idiot. We're taking the boat. And Peter cuts her off. And he says, hold on, Lois. That mystery, you know, a boat's a boat, but a mystery box, there could be anything in there. It could even be a boat, right? And so you look at you look at Justin Jefferson. You're selling him for these guys that are established, sure. But you don't know what you're getting on the other side of that. With Justin Jefferson, he could be the wide receiver one multiple you know he his his potential's untapped i don't see moving off of him for anything less than a king's ransom I, dj more Allen robinson and a 21 first that is oh, a king's I, ransom and i, I take I, that in a heartbeat <laughs> i love, that's I love DJ more so getting, much. <laughs> it's it's hard to say you want to m- marry the guy when you're getting value like that yeah right so i don't, it, I don't it, yeah it i makes don't know that tough. that's that's not a trade you're going to see too often i don't it's, think i think that's it, that's got to be an outlier it, maybe Maybe there's people who, you know, there's people who love DJ more like yourself, who's willing to pay way more than what he's worth. What did, uh, what did Jefferson sell for in our league? Cause I I don't know. That's good. I don't remember. I'd have to go look. I'll look it up while you, while you move on. Yeah. So, so we're going to roll into another group of wide receivers because the talent's out there uh, and it's easy to, to move pieces and get wide receivers. They're just more abundant. People are more willing to sell them because of that. So we're going to take a look at my man, T. M. F. and Higgins. T. Higgins and Stefan Diggs. We're going to talk about who I want now and who I want in the future. Now, 
this was a lot harder than I expected it to be because Stephon Diggs is the wide receiver one in half point and full point PPR leagues right now. The wide receiver one. He is crushing it with Josh Allen. He has not scored less than double digit fantasy points in a single game this season. In half point PPR, he's averaging 14.2 points per game. You know what T Higgins is? 14.3 fantasy points per game when he's on the field. Targets, he's at 55 in less games than Stefan's 80 targets. Yardage is fairly close with one game less. He's at 568 yards, and Stephon Diggs is at 667. T. Higgins has more touchdowns than Stephon Diggs. He's got the same number of red zone targets, and here's the kicker for me. He's got a big, fat, freaking goose egg for drops. That man has not dropped a ball yet. Stephon Diggs has dropped seven of them. I'm sorry, six of them. So... I'm not taking anything away from Stefan Diggs. Sell him. He is a mistress candidate for me. Sell him and get that wide wide receiver one value if you can and ride T Higgins to the end. Keep him this year. And if you could have a mistress and marriage together, T Higgins is the guy. I may be, a, and I know that's cheating the segment right now. I'm keeping him this year and I'm not selling him moving forward because he's tied to Joe Burrow. He's tied tied to Zach Taylor. He's, his yards per catch average in college was at almost 20 in his three years at Clemson. 20 yards per reception. He's only at 15 right now. His burn rate is lower than it was in college. So he's not doing those deep burner down the field throws like what he used to get in college. Eventually, he's going to start to see some of those, and he is going to be the man. He is the man. Price-wise, he's putting up the same type of numbers that Justin Jefferson is, and he's a fraction of the price. So if you can get him in right now to help you win, I would do it because I think he can. What are your thoughts? I think I agree with you for the most part. T Higgins has looked the part. He's an alpha. He's a predator. You know, he's the beginning. He's the end. He looks great. Him and Burrow trained in the off season together. Uh, They're both rookies. They're going to be together for some time. AJ Green's moving on. Things that concern me a little bit are that Burrow is passing at a rate of 41 pass attempts per game. That is the highest in the league. That'll set records if they keep that pace up. Uh, We've talked about this before, but I I just see as that team continues to improve under Zach Taylor, you know, as they make those moves in free agency and in the draft and solidify that defense, they're not going to be playing from behind as much. They're going to be able to establish more of a run game when that O-line's healthy the pass to rush ratio is not going to be as uh, wild as it is right now. Burrow's getting yeah, shake. Burrow's getting the crap. I was saying Burrow's getting the crap kicked out of him right now on every play. You know, he's running for his life and getting sacked all over the place. Um, it is. I just don't find it sustainable. So, you know, even if it lowers by six attempts per game, that's probably not going to ding T Higgins value too much. You know, he's still going to be the guy the bro's looking for in the future him and boy that's such a deadly duo yeah i mean um, where i'm at with it is 
you know, the, the years they had A.J. Green and he was healthy, they weren't throwing the ball 38, 40, 41 times a game. 38, yeah. 39. I, I need to learn how to count. I missed a number, I guess. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, 41, they 41. They supported A.J. Green, and at that right. point in time, they had they were were uh, supporting Tyler Eifert as well. And that that tight end position is is a wash right now. I like Drew Sample, but we'll see what happens because uh, he's still young. Wasn't well, uh, it C.J. Uzuma anyway? Isn't he the starter? He just tore his uh, Achilles or ruptured yeah, his Yeah, Achilles yeah, he was. But I, I think Sample's the future of that position for them. Okay. Uh, he's a better all-around tight end, in my opinion, a blocker and a receiver. But I, I just see him filling that A.J. Green role when A.J. Green is gone. Yeah. And he's he's demanding more targets than what A.J. Green is, and he's on the field, or Tyler Boyd, and when Tyler Boyd's on the field. Right. So right. I just see him being the guy – regardless of those passing attempts coming down they supported aj green for many years as a wide receiver one he's going to take that role and i'm going to i'm going to say knock on wood nothing bad happened to the man i think he's going to be better than aj green was for him so he looks good man he looks good yeah uh, yeah he's he was my wide receiver one coming out of the draft uh for rookies i i loved him uh the talent is real and clemson is a wide receiver producing machine yeah. Uh, but we could sit here and t- talk about how to go and acquire these guys all day long. Takes a really? lot of practice uh, yeah. and we could yeah. make recommendations, but I would recommend going uh, to fffair.com, take a look at Brian and Britt's article. It's titled the art of the trade, all right? They got some really good stuff in there, uh, to help you figure out the strategy to go get some of these guys. Maybe you disagree with us more power to you prove us wrong put it on our website tweet us let us know hey guys you were wrong here's what i did and here's how it helped me right give us that shout out so all right well we talked about our love and lust candidates i'm going to call it (laughs) what we you know we're going to now move into some quick hit candidates some guys that both parties can think about whether you're a contender or a, a a rebuilding team people you may want to show some interest and we'll say you you might want to date them Right. Some, sometimes you like to date multiple people, kind of test the waters, see if you like them. And then you throw them to the curb if you don't. Right. Everybody's done that. And if they haven't, they're full of crap. So we're going to call this the high hopes segment. Pause. All right. So I'm going to move into my first two names uh, and then we're going to move on to Andy. So the first one. Not going to do a lot of talking about because I just put an article up on fffair.com called Let's Go to Hollywood. We're going to talk about Hollywood Marquise Brown. Lamar, you're killing me, bro. You got to step up your game. You got to get the ball in Marquise Hollywood Brown's hands. Not in the 10-yard radius close to him. In his hands. Throw him the ball where it's catchable. I'm going to there. go check out the article. There's all kinds of data on it. Next person. This is my love, my love affair for the rookie draft. And it's Cam Akers. The talent's just too good, guys. It's just too good to stay behind a 27-year-old Malcolm Brown, who is their goal line guy. I get it. Sean McVay trusts him. It's there. We talked about it on Monday's podcast. The coaching staff just trusts him enough to give him the ball in the red zone. That's going to change. It's been two weeks in a row that Sean McVay has come out and said, hey, we expect 
Cam Akers and Van Jefferson to just have a better second half. You got to look at the fact that all these rookies came into the season. They didn't have a training camp. They were learning on the, they were learning the books, but not on the field. They weren't meeting players. It's really hard to learn a blocking scheme when you can't go on the field and practice blocking. So no wonder he doesn't trust him in those situations. So I just see him producing in the second half and being the guy moving forward. He did out-touch both Mark, uh, Malcolm Brown and Darrell Henderson uh, this past week. So, so I, I expect to kind of see that trend continue. Sean McV- Look, Sean McVay is not an idiot. Uh, he knows when he's got talent. He's going to let him get acclimated. Uh, and, and he's going to get the chance now I think he's got the talent and the talent and the chance he's going to take that job over. So that's where I'm at. Those are my two guys, Marquise Hollywood Brown and Cam Akers. Andy, give us a couple. I'm going to backtrack a little bit and just give you a couple more things about Cam Akers. So not only, so I love Cam Akers also, right? I think those are great picks. Uh, Cam Akers, not only did he not have a rookie preseason, he got hurt, right? He was out of the game for four weeks, and he's still, they, I read a doctor report that said rib cartilage that tears, it can take up to three months to fully heal. So he's still running injured right now. That just tells you how tough that dude is. He comes out of Florida state. He was a stud. He ran behind the worst offensive line. Uh, he got drafted and people had expectations that he was going to continue that trend running behind the Rams terrible 2019 offensive line. Well, if you look at the outsider or football outsiders uh, rankings of offensive lines, the Rams are not even close to the worst. They're a top 12 uh, O line. So, you know, he's coming into more favorable conditions. It takes a little while. You look at Miles Sanders last year. Everybody loves Miles Sanders. Guess what? He was a part-time running back on the Eagles. Jordan Howard, the plotter ran that offense for quite a few times. The dude that just got cut by the dolphins for an undrafted free agent. Right. He's running. I think he was on the practice. I love the comparison. I love the comparison. It's just, it's just wild. So, you know, Cam Akers brighter days are ahead for those of you that held on to him this long in dynasty. That's great. You know, don't lose the faith. Uh, And that's going to take me on to my next guys. (laughs) I got sucked in by this 2020 class. I'll be honest. (laughs) I I really did. And in uh, one of my Brad's fantasy leagues, I sold out every, excellent pick and player I had just to load up on the 2021 first round picks. Uh, how, many, and, how many first do you have in the 21 draft uh, uh, in our COVID league? In, in the COVID league, I have seven first round picks. I still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you say sell out, you got to make sure to explain to people what you actually mean by sell out. Dude. So honestly, I think I've kept a pretty tight team there too. Like I have minus quarterbacks. I have a pretty solid team. Uh, my yep. super flex options are not great though. But if I get Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, well, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> things, things might be looking bright for me. Doot, doot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so back to the 2020 rookie class, the two guys I'm going to talk about are Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Rager. Jonathan Taylor coming out of Wisconsin ran behind an extremely uh, good offensive line. He didn't have to develop this vision that's required in the NFL. The best player off every team in college comes to the NFL, you know? So the D lines are better. They're able to plug those gaps and it's a skill he hasn't had to develop yet. 
like we talked about with Cam Akers, these rookies didn't have a great uh, introduction to the NFL. It was kind of trial by fire. Uh, everybody had, you know, this wheels up, rocket ship, icons, all that stuff on Twitter about Jonathan Taylor when Marlon Mack got hurt. But the truth is it takes time to develop these things. We saw the same thing with Melvin Gordon, uh, his rookie year. He was horrible coming out of Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor, his athletic profile is off the charts. The guy is literally the best rusher to ever come out of college football, you know, per his rushing stats. He is the whole package. And the thing that I've loved about Jonathan Taylor this year, one of the biggest knocks against him coming into the NFL is they talked about how he could not catch the ball because he wasn't given that opportunity in Wisconsin. Well, much like Melvin Gordon, he has exceeded expectations in that arena alone uh, and has really kind of let people down in terms of his ability to command the rushing attempts on that team. Um, I think if Frank Reich gives him uh, the opportunity to establish himself and become that bell cow back, you know, over time, he's going to gain the vision required. He's going to learn that run blocking scheme. He's going to be you know, more trusted on passing attempts and not that Philip Rivers is going to be there, you know, potentially even in 2021, uh, they might bring in a rookie or a new guy. And that just furthers my belief that Jonathan Taylor moving forward, you know, don't lose the faith people. He's going to be good. He's a stud. He proved it in college. He's 21 years old. He's going to rock it. Um, on to Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager, uh, one of my loves from, uh, college football last year. I watched him uh, throughout the entire season. I heard about him, I, I think, from uh, Ray Garvin on uh, the Podfathers podcast, and it just piqued my interest. And so I started looking into him, and the guy is incredible. They thought he was going to challenge Henry Ruggs. He bulked up too much for the combine and ran a 4 4, I think, 8. Uh, he ran an unofficial uh, 40 yard dash after that. And it was a 4-2-2, which is absurd. And you add some time for, you know, the human error of, of clocking it and whatnot. But the guy is fast. He's dynamic. He was a punt returner. He's got the fast switch muscle fibers. He knows how to make moves on the field. He knows how to juke people. Uh, he is incredible. And he is on an offense that is in desperate need of wide receiver help. You know, Alshon Jeffrey is always, literally always hurt. Uh, you have Deshaun Jackson who <laughs> came back from injury and got hurt in the first half of that game. You know, no, you wouldn't say, I know, I know, I know <laughs> these, these old guys got to get out, man. Just get, make, yeah. make way for the new guys. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and then we saw the emergence of Travis Fulgham and everybody loved Travis Fulgham. That hype was real. He was averaging 11 targets per game from weeks five through seven. And as soon as Rager came back the next two weeks, he was at seven targets and five targets. Rager, on the other hand, got six targets in his first game back and seven targets in week 10. He has a favorable rest of season. He's on, like I said, a depleted wide receiver group. He's going to be the number one moving forward, and he should be. Um, he's better than anybody else on that team. He's going through the growing pains with the rest of that rookie class, weeks one through eight. He got hurt twice, freak accidents. It just happens. It's a physical sport. These guys get banged up. He's back. He's young. He's healed. He's ready. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what, what the future has in store for that guy. Yeah, uh, those are two great names, man. I love it. So uh, a little bit to add to the Jonathan Taylor, the Colts 
run the the offensive line when it comes to run blocking 28th in the league yeah that's pitiful that is pitiful and all these friggin' memes that people are posting where he's running into the back of the line and there's a huge hole those are all so out of context because of course there's going to be a hole where you're not freaking running right so it just doesn't tell the whole story i hate that it drives me nuts i guarantee you i love nick chubb i could go find some still shot of nick chubb running into the back of his offensive line when there's a hole 15 yards to the left of him like those it's so stupid i hate that the talent is real the man is there he's gonna be fine go get him if you can especially you know that a lot of people are gonna have a hard time selling him because he was the first RB to come off the board, most likely uh, next to maybe CEH back and forth. Right. Uh, but it, you, you gotta, you gotta love the talent. Buy low, buy low, go get yeah. it right now. And, and I really like the Jalen Rager call too. I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out of college. I, I was a little worried about his uh, outside of just the speed for him, but I love his tie to Carson Wentz. We talked about it on Monday's pod. I'm not worried about Carson Wentz. I don't think he's getting replaced by Jalen Hurts. Yeah. His offensive line is terrible. Once they fix that, they're going to have Miles Sanders to set up a nice run game. They're going to be able to run a little bit of play action pass, and that is going to kill defenses with Jalen Rager's speed. I love the picks, man. Love it. Dude, so. his first his first game this season, I it was one of the first like eight plays they ran. Jalen Rager, 54-yard completion, you know, down the field. He is just, and, and they already trust him. I think Carson Wentz said, and this is obviously not, this is Carson Wentz's bad comparison, but he was like, oh, he's like Julio Jones, you know? Yeah, and what he meant by that, reach, but... yeah, what he, what he meant by that though, is the guy's strong. He can run his routes. He trusts him. Yeah. Right. Yep. Cool. All right. I, so to be completely honest, I kind of blanked out of while you were talking and went and looked up some real quick T Higgins trades, right? Cause we talked about <laughs> Justin Jefferson and what people are getting for him. So listen to some of these T Higgins trade, listen to the contrast between these two guys. T Higgins just got traded for Duke Johnson, Jarek McKinnon and a 2022 first. He got traded for Jonathan Taylor straight up. He got traded for Mark Andrews straight up. He got traded for a 21 second. He got traded for Jamichael Hasty and a first. Dude, get like, me in these leagues. Go get me in these leagues. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> go get this guy. He's a fraction of the cost that Justin Jefferson is. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed. Now, Brad, I just tried to get him from you and I got turned down. So that's. <laughs> That's because I don't want to sell them that cheap, right? So, all right. Well, that's going to do us for us here tonight, fellas. You can find me on Twitter at FAFAIRBRAD, or excuse me, at Brad or on Instagram, FFAFAIRBRAD. Andy, tell them where they can find you at. Uh, my Twitter handle is at McLovinFFAFAIR, and the O in that is a zero. Nice. So you go to FFAFAIR.com, see all of our content. Find our podcast. Go find them on whatever podcast preferred, you know, preferred podcast provider you use, whether that be Apple, whether that be uh, uh, Anchor, whatever the, the process is, go get it. Go listen to it. We got a great group of podcasts. And when you get up to our website, check out our articles, right? We've got one on Hollywood Brown up there. We've got some weekly star sit decisions, some waiver wire recommendations, a rookie lover and rookie fever podcast by the Sandman himself. Britt Sanders. Go listen to it. He's also posting some incredible stuff on getting your running back handcuffs. 
super important this time of year when you're in a redraft league, you're driving for the championship, make sure you get those handcuffs to protect you in the playoffs. I just edited that article and it is awesome. He is so thorough. It is so excellent and complete. And I'm looking at handcuffs a whole new way right now. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like it. With that, Andy, thank you, brother. Thank uh, you. Another great conversation. We we didn't fight. That was nice. Yeah, we always time, fight man. when we talk football, man. It's always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were going to take us down a rabbit hole with DJ Moore there for a little while. I was a little worried. That's but, we'll but save we, that for we next got time. Real, yeah, yeah, we got it reeled back in. So <laughs> until then, for all of us at Fantasy Affairs, I'm Brad Stickler. You stay classy, San Diego. 